0: Fifth line, Mike Todd here in Arena, host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman.
1: What is up, everyone, and welcome to a regularly scheduled kind of this is an evening drop, but it's Monday episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy.
0: And I'm Laura.
1: And Laura friend, it's so good to see you on the back end of three games in how many days? Five, six, something like that. A lot of games and not a lot of days. One of which we went to together, which warmed my heart. It's a lot of fun. We'll talk about that one in a little bit, as we do, because I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before, but um, we do sometimes talk about the games, and so we're going to do that today. But how are you doing on this? Very cold. Um very cold monday
0: i'm good yeah it's a been there was quite a bit of blue jackets action over the thanksgiving holiday um some really really good um some not so good uh but you know like we we always say we go into every game with kind of zero expectations and whatever happens happens because we're just trying to have fun this is a A year of fun and just hoping for the best.
1: And let me like,
0: this is what I always
1: hate about. That sounds dramatic. Like one of the things that's challenging about the way we record, right? Is like, if we, like we've had three games in those three games, the blue jackets go two and one and they shut out Winnipeg. They win an exciting game against Vancouver and they kind of lay an egg against St. Louis the following night. And the tone or, like, my energy coming into this podcast is, like, wow, that is bad. Like, this, like, bad energy, bad vibes on my end. And then I have to, like, recenter myself and be, like, actually, no, you, Dodo. Like, they, they went two and one. Like, they lost to a pretty good St. Louis team on back-to-back nights. Like, I, I don't know. Like, my the way my brain, like, frames how we record sometimes is, like, no, Jeremy, you need to be sad on this episode.
0: Yeah, no, I was going through um, when I was putting together my three stars for tonight, um, you know, going back through and looking at each of the individual games and being like, yes, Wednesday of last week, Friday of last week, good notes, like positive notes to talk about. And was Saturday rough sauce? Absolutely. But there was still... There are still, at least I will, t- I'll mention them. But there are still some good things that happened, and honestly, I think, and we'll talk about it. But I kind of think Saturday was an eye, an, a necessary eye opener for this team and for a lot of the fans too. Not necessarily like us in particular, but like just some of the fans that we see slash interact with like on social media and stuff. Like I think Saturday's game should, should really be like a big eye, a big eye opener for how the rest of the season may potentially go slash what they need to see in some of the ways that we won Wednesday and Friday's games.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, that's a really fair point. Do you want to dive into that a little bit now? Because, like, I want to make sure that you, like, because it seems like it's on your brain now, so I want to give you space. Like, what are some of those things? Like, what are some of those takeaways from these three games, do you think, for Blue Jaggers fans? Well,
0: I think for fans, especially to whether, and again, we we like to think that we're a podcast where, regardless of how much knowledge you have about the sport, about the team, about the league, whatever, you should be able to come here and feel like you understand what we're talking about and that, you know, hockey is way more learnable and understandable than a lot of people think it is, probably. But I think if you look over the course of the, you know, the three games, all three are very different. Two of which get those, like, sort of maybe less into the details fans, like, super amped up, like, really, really amped up because there were exciting things. There was a shutout. There was a game with a lot of goals, Um, But then those are the same fans that are quick to jump to this, like, woe is me. Everything is terrible. When we have a situation like we ended up with on Saturday, which was a really hard fought game. And we just got our butts kicked. Like, there's no. But there's a lot of elements to look into why we got our butts kicked. Like, A lot of that has to do with what St. Louis was coming into that game with. They had been struggling for multiple games. I think the last seven games, or they had lost the last seven of nine games that they played. And so that is a big thing for a team to have on their shoulders. And then coming home on a Saturday night game of a holiday weekend, which every team that played a game over the course of Thanksgiving had record number sales like for tickets because everyone's home everyone's in the city like they want to go to a game they want to bring their family to a game like so you're at home big crowd big crowd energy like the blues were not coming to like mess around and that was very evident um and that's something that we haven't really like Based in some of our issues in some of our our you know traveling games so far because we haven't traveled a lot yet, um, and yeah, so I just think there's a lot of things that we can learn from that. But there were some positives um, as well. But I want to wait till we get to the actual like St. Louis game before. So hopefully that made sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think you make a lot of really good points. Right, like I think we can easily get like really high on like how things are going or like where things are going. I think we do this with players too, right? Like if a player is riding a hot streak and then all of a sudden, you know, he's a little bit streaky, then, you know, we're, we're harsh on the player and your, your man, Kim Atkinson, like I feel like it's like subject to a lot of that hate, like he was in Columbus. And even right now, like he's kind of getting a little bit of that hate in Philadelphia. I think he has what four points in the last, like, A lot of games and so like or in the month of november i think it was yeah
0: he's not helping me on my fantasy team still love him though
1: yeah right (laughs) um but right like we get so excited about the potential and then it crashes and that's like what the season's gonna be a lot of right like it's gonna be a lot of hey like we're winning a couple games we're winning a couple games oh my god what just happened (laughs) and that's okay like ultimately right like as long as it doesn't become the other where it's like oh my god what's happening oh my god what's happening oh my god what's happening oh hey we won uh you have to be happy with it like i think again like the thing that sucks the most about sports is a team can can temper expectations really quick and they can change our expectations for the better really fast as well and so the blue jackets they come out they start really well And, you know, everybody is like, oh, wait, hold on, wait, wait. wait, And then they lose our game, our one in an 82 game season. It's like, I don't, you know what? It's just not going to be it. It's just not going to happen. And it's like, we walked out of the game on Friday, which was the 18th game played on the season. And I looked at you and I said, oh my God, we're 12 and six. That means we have played 18 games. Do you know what else that means? And you're like, what? I was like, we still have to play 64 more hockey games. Like, it's a long season. Like, it is a war of attrition. Like, it is so many games. <laughs> like, and it's everyone's going to be different. Like, that's been at least the fun part about watching this game or this team, right? Is like, most games have been different in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's really good when you're a developing team because you learn different things. And that's exactly what this team needs to do right now.
0: Well, and I think it's important, too, to remember, and I struggled with this, too, when I was early on in getting into this. It's like, even the best teams in the league lose games. Like, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning has never had an, an a perfect 82 season, and no team ever will. Like, that's kind of just, like, insanity to think. Um, and, yeah, some teams have hotter starts than others. Obviously, look at you know, look at the incredible things that the Hurricanes were able to do in their first, I think they won their 10 wins straight in a row. Like, that's incredible. But they're, obviously, they weren't able to maintain that or sustain that. And, you know, it's just it's part of it. And it's also like bringing back to sort of like, am I ever gonna like give up on this team? Absolutely not. But like, it's also weighing the things that we do know, which is, we are the second youngest team in this league. We have a lot of new players. We have a lot of players who have come from different teams that are joining this brand new structure. So even our returning players are hitting the disadvantage of it being a brand new structure as well and finding an identity. And so there are going to be these like roller coaster moments. And, you know, but I think that, you know, like we've, <laughs> Granted, I'm not in higher education anymore, but like we've, like we said in the, you know, everything's a learning opportunity. And so like, even when something happens like Saturday or something like Vegas, like those are opportunities for this team to like figure out where their weak spots were and hopefully come back. And I think we saw that too. Like we saw that this past week after what happened in Vegas, like we changed things up. Lars changed uh, a few things as far as like pairings and um, you know line assignments, like all that sort of stuff, in order to try and learn from what happened in Vegas. And so, yeah, I just think it's it's about um, keeping it in perspective. And obviously, we know that the um, fans that we interact with on social media are such a a small component to the larger mass that is the fifth line, but. Yeah, sometimes it's just a little bit like, "Whoa, let's just circle back around and talk about um, (laughs) how the world's not ending and everything will be fine.
1: (laughs) You're telling me that Twitter isn't always the healthiest place?
0: I mean, yeah.
1: (laughs) Also, rest in peace, Jack Dorsey. He's not dead, but he did resign from Twitter today, the CEO
0: oh yeah well it's about time
1: you heard it here first friends of subjectively speaking even though you probably didn't because that news broke like six hours ago and you're listen i the idea right of like retire like how do you like quit something you like i don't know it just feels weird like how does somebody take over twitter when you like start twitter and you like are twitter and all that kind of stuff it'd be like if you and i one day we were just like mm, eh, i don't know and then we were like, hey Megan, hey Steven, you're on. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just feels like I don't think I don't think we are to the level of Twitter quite yet to where we have the clout to be able to pull off such a such a change. But like it just feels weird. Like, I don't know. It'd be my baby forever.
0: Well, I'm sure that he still has some sort of like tie to whatever.
1: No, he but was he- like he was like, I'm not gonna be on the board, I'm not gonna do any of this. He's like, I'm gone. I'm going ghost. What's up, Danny Phantom? Like he was like out. <laughs> I was just like, okay, interesting.
0: Well, that probably means that like in the course of the next couple of weeks, something um will come out that he jumping ship for a reason. So probably. Uh, so yeah, so we'll just, you know, watch that, but it's fine. Um but that's not really our problem. And he makes more money than you and I will ever see. So I'm sure I don't, he'll be. I don't know.
1: we're like kind of rich.
0: You higher-ed uh, and nonprofit
1: work. Are you serious?
0: We're going to. Yeah, it. we're rolling in the dough. Um, I mean, I was last week kind of literal dough. Um, yes, Miss Baker. Not the money kind, but like the flour and water and whatnot kind.
1: But oh my god, wait, I paid you for the pies, right? Yes. Okay, my brain, right? Like my brain just like,
0: woo. Anyway, so remember that time when we were talking about hockey? Um no. so yeah, no. so let's let's talk about these three these three games that have occurred in the last five days. Um first up was last Wednesday, um, and the return of the Winnipeg Jets to Columbus for the first time since Covid, which also meant the return of Pierre-Luc Dubois and Riley Nash to Nationwide Arena. Um, You know, Riley
1: Nash, (laughs) Blue Jackets legend.
0: I mean, based on um, the crowd's reaction, I would say yes. Um, Neither Jeremy and I could go to that game, but um, I have (laughs) watched a multitude of times the – crowd reaction to post appreciation video. Um, the blue jackets put together a joint video for PLD and for Riley Nash, um, which they do for, you know, most of the time when we have a a former player come back for the first time. And, um, (laughs) the camera always goes to those players once the video is over. And so the video is very nice. Definitely highlights like some great moments that both of them had with us. And um, the first, of course, the camera goes to PLD and just all of Nationwide Arena is just booing the crap out of him. Like just and he's, you know, putting on his best Artemi Panarin impersonation and waving and smiling. And um, while Riley Nash is on the bench laughing his ass off and then all of a sudden the camera goes to Riley Nash and Nationwide Arena just erupts in this applause and cheering and I mean I think John luc Grandpierre said it best when he was like I think that's the most applause um Riley Nash will ever get in his entire career is his return I, to Nationwide Arena
1: I couldn't agree more although I have to say that I applauded pretty loud when I saw the photo of him uh at The his bachelorette party or bachelor party?
0: (laughs) Oh yes, the um, Nashville trip.
1: I will say, Riley Nash maybe never gave us like the world's best hockey content. Like he was serviceable, like he was good. But what he did give us by just getting married was some really good Nashville Blue Jackets content. And for that, I think he deserves the loudest of applause. Well, I'm pretty sure.
0: There's that famous photo of all of them on that private plane, right. and Boone's the only one that still plays for the team.
1: That's I think that's the photo in the bar, right? Like the photo in the bar where they're all there. But there's a photo of Riley Nash looking like a geek. What is it? Who is who is it? Is it actually him or is it somebody else?
0: Um, no, it's actually him. I, I such good content. Yeah, his so bachelor good. party weekend seemed. Uh, pretty legit but so yeah so that was a a really entertaining part of um of that evening but probably the more important part was elvis shutting out the jets um and the blue jackets taking a 3-0 win um over them in like a pretty like I mean, Elvis made 36 saves, and honestly, I feel like that's kind of mid-level for his shutouts. Like, he's had much higher save shutouts, but we were just in it, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, a really, really good game, right? Like, just to be able to to pull that off after a weird game in Buffalo where it's goals 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 and you can probably be like a little bit worried about like the defense and you can probably raise some question marks about goaltending after that game granted respectfully like i know elvis was not the goaltender in that game but uh, you know i think it's good right to come out to get a shutout because there have been a couple times this season you know namely obviously the opener where you feel like somebody should have gotten a out, whether it's him whether it's corpy and so to get the first one of the season right yeah um that, like was fun like and that's good I think that's good for morale like moving forward you know I again like breaking news like Elvis Merleygan is good like I don't really like need to probably make that declaration on this podcast. I feel like for the most part the people who are listening to this podcast are actually familiar with the fact that Elvis Merleygan what Elvis Merz-Likens is good at hockey so um obviously like a really great thing to see um him get that shout out.
0: Well, and don't get me wrong, I mean, uh, PLD definitely did try and give Elvis a run for his money a couple different times um, during this game. But Elvis was just like, no, sir, like, this is not, we're not playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am here, I'm stopping all the bucks. Like, and it was just a really, I mean, Gregory Hoffman gets his second goal of the season um, to start us off and pretty early on in the first period it was at 1509 and like which is great I love seeing him get more and more comfortable and more and more confident and him getting another goal um is really awesome and then there was absolutely no scoring throughout the entire second period second period was just like a lot of back and forth and a lot of really great goaltending on both ends but Elvis had several huge saves in the second period. And then we come back in the third, Zach Wronski um, comes in strong, gets um, that second goal. We're feeling pretty good, but you know, one never knows even at that point. Um, but then Andrew Peak, first goal this season. Gets us 3-0, and I think at that point everyone was feeling strong. We were only concerned with like just keeping that shut out for Elvis. And um, we were able to to hold on to it. And it was kind of a really, like, um, you know, great feeling for Elvis to, like, come back and have that moment at home. Elvis is a real, like, energy goaltender. He's a real crowd goaltender. And, like, having these moments at home are so crucial for his performance. And... So yeah, it was just a great a great way to like lead into like the holiday.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree. I will say everything was going well until Josh Morrissey decided that he was gonna take an axe to Alexander Taxations, and then only get fined five thousand dollars for it. So, uh, you know, that wasn't fun. What else was fun about that game is Max Dummy Max Dummying, like just like absolutely like. Breaks a cardinal sit or cardinal rule and fires a puck on an offside, like at the goaltender. And things went south from there. You think things are good. And then Evgeny Sveshnikov runs his mouth. And uh, it was literally like the Michael Jordan meme where he's sitting in the chair and he's like, and I took that personally. Like <laughs> no, he took that personally and he handled it. And I, listen i people can say what they want including brad larson i'm so into it i'm so here for it like i'm here for the energy i'm here for the attitude you know i'm all about it and i'm a pacifist but i really am here for max Domi. max Domiing.
0: no i am all i am also for max finding this side of himself as a player i think that i think it Max has had an interesting well, he's had an interesting career and he's still very young in his career, but he's an he's had an interesting time as a blue jacket. And like him finding and unveiling sort of this more feisty side to him is really good, I think, for our team. And I know it bothers Lars because sometimes it's not the best timing that he does these things. Um but and because Max, I mean <laughs> Max is kind of injury-prone, so, like, let's not, you know, do anything in that nature. But, you know, it's also kind of hard for Max to deny his lineage. I mean, his <laughs> dad has, like, the highest number... It's something crazy, like, the highest number of penalty minutes, like, ever. Or he's in, like, the top five. Like, Ty Domi was a brawler, like, and any little bit of that that Max, you know, it would just be so hard for him to deny that, to deny that aspect of him um, through the legacy of his father. So, like, more power to him. I like it. We don't really have, like, a ton of, like, fighting players, or at least, we're the, like, we haven't been shown um, that in this new group, but I like it.
1: He has the most fights, like the most fighting majors in NHL history. yeah, I he okay, so he is the Maple Leafs all-time leader in penalty minutes in franchise history and is third overall in the NHL in just terms of penalty minutes overall. Uh, I need you to guess how many fighting majors Ty Domi has had in his career.
0: Oh God, can you give me an over under?
1: No. <laughs> it's like I need I need the ridiculousness of this number the to like...
0: five minutes, right?
1: Uh yes. And he played, so in case this is helpful, uh he played in 1020 NHL games. So in 1020 oh NHL games, how many fighting majors do you think Ty Dummy had?
0: So just you're just asking majors, not the minute total, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't try to, yeah. 350. That was actually really close. 333. He has 333 fighting majors, which means that this man averaged a fight every three games in his NHL career. Wow. I would go so far as to say that I don't even know if the Blue Jackets, as an organization, have 333 fighting majors in their franchise history
0: yeah i mean yeah that's amazing
1: there's probably been what like 15 or 20 in the last five years like it's like not a lot
0: yeah i've only seen a small handful of majors i will say
1: the jody shelley days might contribute a little bit but
0: not that... Like, not Ty Domi level. I have to look up how many
1: fighting majors has Jody Shelley had.
0: Well, while you're looking that up, I will... My other favorite stat from this Winnipeg game is that Vladislav Gavikov blocked as many shots as the entire Winnipeg Jets team did.
1: <laughs> yeah, he... Everybody... So, he's been interesting because everybody... In fantasy hockey, is picking up Vladislav Gavrikov all of a sudden, because one, he scored two goals in the Buffalo game, mm-hmm. and then two, like you said, like the amount of shots that he blocked and has blocked in the last handful of games, in a lot of leagues, like that's like a pretty high point getter, and so like he's just like racking up the points recently, and I, for one, I'm here for all of that. Like I think it's so funny that like everybody's like, let me, because you know how many people do you think like have no idea who Vladislav Gavrikov is, right? No. Like.
0: So many humans.
1: But that is a very good stat. Like, I'm very happy with that. So let me give you this guess now. You get to do it with Jody Shelley because oh I'm intrigued. So he played in 627 NHL games.
0: How like, many? Not just That's his whole career, not just for the Blue Jackets.
1: That is true. Yeah. So that is for his entire career. He played. I can do his whole career. Eight seasons in Columbus, so like, I don't know how you would, yeah. But yeah, go ahead for your whole career. One hundred
0: and
1: forty-five. You were like kind of okay at this. Um, one hundred and seventy-three, which is actually more. I was going to was- say one
0: hundred and seventy-five, and then I chickened out because I thought that was too many. Yeah, one hundred and
1: uh, yeah, one hundred and seventy-three, and. Uh, oh so it says he was an enforcer yes and had the most regular season major penalties for fighting since he joined the league so like in the time that he joined the league until the time he retired he led the league in fighting majors which i am actually obsessed with what's that math 173 divided by 627 so, sl- like, a little less. He averaged one about every four games. So, still, though, my god. Could you imagine getting... I can't imagine getting into one fight. Could you imagine getting into 333?
0: No. And yeah, he's still so handsome.
1: <laughs> on ice? Like, what? I can't stand on ice, let alone whoop somebody's ass on ice. Yeah, that's true. Wild. But... There was more hockey, as we mentioned, and for the first time all year, actually for the first time since the last game that we saw against Vancouver, actually, we got to hear Canada" performed by Leo Welsh, and so the Blue Jaggers took on the Vancouver Canucks on Friday, Elvis Merzlikens gets to start again, no lineup changes, I don't think, right from Wednesday to Friday, and so...
0: Yeah, we no, were, we were all the same.
1: Nope, all the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, feeling good about Wednesday's game, had some had some Thanksgiving grub on Thursday and came out, won the game. I but you watch the game, right? Like, and I think you and I like talked about it like we were terribly outshot in the first period, and and even so in the second period, I think we had 10 shots on goal after the second period, and it was just like oh my gosh, like, the way that we were able to, like, it was one of those games that I feel like we were always on the back end of, like, when we were, like, I don't want to say when we were good because I think we're good right now, but, like, when we were, like, successful making playoff runs, is like, we would lose these games where we would outshoot the opponent 35 to 20, and it was just the other goaltender standing on their head, and, couldn't find the back of the net always were chasing the game. And the blue jackets did exactly that to the Canucks. They they never let the Canucks get a chance to hold a lead and they found themselves chasing the entire game. And it just, it, it worked out. It worked out for the blue jackets, even though it maybe shouldn't have.
0: Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it while we were there and this was definitely like, especially cause you know, at least in the first part of this season, we've had these situations where like, we cannot sustain a lead like, and that's not necessarily a new problem for the Blue Jackets, but, like, it gets really annoying when it's these, like, we score one, they score one, we score we score one, they immediately score one. It's these, like, immediate back and forth, like, almost, like, turnover off of, um, why did I just forget what that's called, off of a face-off um, situations that we get ourselves into where it's, like, you got to hold on to it for just, like, a little bit longer like you have to put some space in between these goals like yes we're gonna obviously have games where we don't where other teams score goals but like you have to put that space in there so that you can better then see the game in front of you like but it's when you have these like such quick turnarounds of where someone ties up the game for us then it's just immediately into scramble and it was, it was by like the end of that second period where we're tied up again after, and is it Mott? Is that how we're saying his last name? Yep. Um After we're Mott to up 2-2, two, two, you know, with a tip in, like, that's just like really frustrating. You're going into like, we were, we were so outshot in the second period. Like, and so we're leading into the third going i don't know if we win if we really deserve to win this game because yeah we were sustaining but we couldn't hold the lead we weren't getting many if any shots on goal like and it was one of those things where it's like <sighs> you got to like you got to play hockey in order to win hockey and so that's what we were kind of feeling towards, the, you know, at the end of that second period. And then, you know, thankfully, Jack Rostovic gets in there, scores a big goal, the energy sort of shifts, and, you know, we end up maintaining that lead. And then Max Domi seals the deal with an empty net goal towards the end of the third period. And, you know, we we take away with a, with a 4-2 lead. But, like, the connects are, like... Not that anyone should really, like, judge within this first, like, 20 or so games of a season. Um, Because, like I said earlier in the in this episode, like, te- some teams start off hotter than others. And, like, things shift. But looking at the Canucks, like, they have not had a great start to their season. They are really struggling. And we, being a team that, on paper, is not struggling so much should not have given them so much leeway in this situation. And so that's where we go back to these like learning opportunities. Like, yes, the outcome was really good for us. Another win put us at 12 and six, like, you know, which is right. 12 and six.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. After that
0: game. And, um, you know, and that's awesome. But there, 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 there at any point in that third period, we could have lost this game.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And the thing is, is like you know me putting on my analytics hat. Like we talk about, like the deserve win winometer that uh, I said O meter. Am I just like making that up because I think it sounds fun? No, it is O meter. Uh, it is O okay. meter. Yeah the the connects had a seventy three percent chance of winning this game, like or deserving to win this game. The jackets were, you know. Analytically outscored, which is, it obviously does not matter, but 2.64 to 2.3. So like Elvis, you know, gets, um, not a full save above, you know, expected, but you know, obviously does something. But the thing that's most telling about that is like, yeah, like Max Domi's goal, um, you know, at the end of the period makes it 4-2, but that goal, that shot had a 94% chance of going in. So it took the Blue Jackets expected goal total on that one shot. From a 1.35 to a 2.296. So, like, it was like, yeah, like, that was what the Blue Jackets finished with. But Max Domi had (laughs) 1.07 goals expected in that game. So, like, and most of that coming from that shot. And so, we were dominated in that game. Like, there's not really any other way to put it. Like, Elvis keeps us in that game by making a lot of really critical saves. And I honestly think that that game is entirely different if... Vancouver scores the first goal, right? If Vancouver scores the first goal, we find ourselves trailing, you know, it's, you know, game over from that point. And I think, you know, you kind of almost feel like that energy. And I wonder if this contributed at all. Like Igor Chinnikov, like, scored his second goal of the season only for it to be called off sides. He didn't have, like, he wasn't, you know, behind the blue line. And so, Maybe that, like, killed the momentum. Like, maybe they got so high on that, like, goal within the first minute. Again, it's it's Chinny, who I know everybody on that bench is rooting for. And maybe that contributes to it. But I at the end of the day, right, like, yeah, like, very flat-footed and very much not the game that they needed to play against Vancouver. But they get the win, and that is what matters. And, Laura, normally I let these folks present the – Three stars, but I have to say we're talking about winning, so I need to talk about how our lovely listeners can win. And you know who they're gonna win with?
0: DraftKings.
1: The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection, however they like the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. And you're just going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. They're going to. Uh, this week, one puck in the net. Nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Um, you must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Girl, you got a gambling problem? No. <laughs> Girl, do I have a gambling problem? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Me like one eight hundred, right? Like.
0: <laughs> but hopefully you
1: didn't have too much of a gambling problem to spend a lot of money betting on the Blue Jackets on Saturday.
0: Because <laughs> you would have lost big time. And speaking of losing big time,
1: this episode is brought to you by the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Don't sue us. It's not brought to them. It's not brought to us by them. So, but we love Maybe you all. one day. yeah right
0: Um, but no we did um, after our win against Vancouver on Friday night immediately the team jumped on an airplane and flew to St. Louis and like I said we're going to refer to this as a learning opportunity because we got our butts handed to us in a big way uh, by the St. Louis Blues Um, you know it looked it looked good, kind of in the first period. um, you know, we score first with the only team that scores. um Boone gets his tenth goal of the season off of deflection from a really incredible shot by Zach Wierenski. Um, and you know, we're feeling we're feeling kind of good, but um, I can't remember if it was Brian and John Luke or Jeff and Jody who said this, but the issue with going, ending the first period up only by one is that that other team has the opportunity to go back in to their locker room, regroup and they're going to come back like so much harder. And that is exactly what the blues did. The blues said, hold my beer. And literally that is what they did in the second period. Um, The Blues scored three unanswered goals in the second period. Very painful. Um, Subsequently ending it with, uh, you know, ending that period uh, up three to one. So that was not great. Um, Just not really great at all. Um, And then we come back third period, Adam Boquist, Gets a goal we're like all right 3-2 let's do this like we can we can totally nope we cannot, <laughs> we cannot. um because what did what did the blues do again three unanswered goals three three unanswered goals in the third period and then poor sweet adam Boquist, just so it wasn't quite as embarrassing to lose 6-2 Gets his second goal of the evening, and we end things 6 3 in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, don't meet me in St. Louis. Is that
0: the thing? It is. Meet me in St. Louis, yeah.
1: Okay, great. I like, you know me. Like, I am not here for the pop culture references like that. So anytime I try, I always get really nervous the second after I do it.
0: It's not really a modern, it's a musical from like a long time ago. It did have a slight resurgence in the second, no, in the first Sex in the City movie, because Sarah that. Jessica Parker's assistant, played by Jennifer Hudson, is from St. Louis, and that's like her thing, but it's like okay. an old time.
1: Anytime I do it, I'm impressed with myself, so <laughs> here I am being impressed with myself, but yeah, I mean, this game was a lot. I, I don't want to say it was like exactly like the vegas game but like a little right like in the in the sense of like you take a lead you look like you're playing well the first period's okay like you end the first period you know st louis ends the first period with an expected goals the expected goals at the end of the first period 1.43 for columbus 0.42 for the blues so like you're up a goal everything's kind of tracking you're feeling good about the way you play and then the blue jacket's don't get a shot um so they get a shot with 6:10 left in the first and then they don't get their next shot until you know uh about 7:30 in the in the second so you go almost 10 minutes right like a little over 10 minutes without getting a shot on goal and during that time St. Louis is scoring two goals and you're really just like you're not able to like do anything really and it's just hard to watch And I think, yeah, I think it was the studio crew that said what you said, right? Like, if you're in this situation where, like, you're going in a locker room, you feel like you've dominated the game and you only have a one-goal lead, like, buckle up because the other team over there is going to play inspired. And St. Louis did. And St. Louis took us to the cleaners. And what are you going to do, right? Like, you're going to have those moments. uh, But that team shouldn't have beat us 6-3. Like, and really, like, let's be real. It was sick. It was 6-2 until Adam Boquist was like,
0: no, not today. Um, Yeah, no, it definitely, it just, it was, it was, it was a lesson in uh, perseverance and how we have to have more of it. Um, and it was also, you know, a lesson in understanding where the other team is coming from as well. Like I said a little bit earlier is, you know, St. Louis had lost seven of their last nine games um they have been receiving a lot of flack from their fans because St. Louis is without a doubt a playoff contending team like it was only what three years ago that they were raising the cup so like there's a lot of high expectations there um with that team and like I said the day of the game does play a lot of importance into how a team performs like You know, like I said, holiday weekend game, really needing a win at home, their fans, like, you know, and they just saw that opportunity of us, you know, and they saw it pretty quickly in the second period. They saw that we were just riding that high of having a one-goal lead and we're not adjusting and just ran with it. And, like, that's not something, like... It's not it's not new for the Blue Jackets to be like an underdog team or a, a you know a scratch and you know find a way team. And but we have to you have to have that mentality the whole time. Like you can't just have it in the first and the third period because as we've seen even so far in this season, the second period can literally win or lose a game for us. Right. And it lost the game for us with St. Louis.
1: Yeah. yeah. But even even if they never lost.
0: scored another goal in the third period, we still would have lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. 100%. And this team has shown they're capable of scoring goals. So, like, I guess if you want to get into that battle of, like, trying to chase the game that way, like, more power to you. But you don't win very, very many games when you go down 6-2. <laughs> like you don't, and they don't, and that's okay. You can't win them all, like you said. We're not going to go 82 and oh, and we're certainly not going to go math is hard. Oh my god, why did I do this? 75 and seven. So, because <laughs> the Blue Jackets finish out at 12 and seven after these three games, and you know, you look at it right and you're like, okay, like I let's talk about Brandon Dubinsky real quick, just for a second, then his tweet about. <laughs> John Tortorella. And, uh, and this is after the Vancouver game. Uh, we're 12 and six. And he tweets that if it were weren't for the fact that John Tortorella wasn't the head coach of this team. Um, well, how am I? I'm definitely setting that up wrong. But Basically, he said, if John he Tortorella said, was in this team, we would be six and two, 12 and not 12 and six. And I love the shade. I love the shade. I don't know how much I agree with him. Probably to an extent, right? Like, I probably agree with him. But I just feel like this team is having fun. And I feel like them having fun is allowing them to be a little bit more loose. And it's allowing them to win some games that they shouldn't. And I can appreciate that.
0: Well, and I think the... And I don't I don't think I've said this out loud. This is just a thought that I've had. But I think the other difference... And not that other previous versions of this team weren't, like, mutually supportive of each other. But, like, there's so much like, support and encouragement of each other in this team. Like, like you said, like, that whole team is rooting for Chinnikov to, like, really just pop off. And, like, they were all so excited when he got his first goal. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, same with Cole. And, like, really with each individual one of them, like, as they start crossing off these, like, firsts of the season, like, you know, or even simply with Boone, like, Boone's having the best season of his career so far like and every single time they're all so excited for each other and I think that that is a real difference like they're having fun but they're also encouraging each other like they're not there's no individual personality that's like I'm out there for myself like I'm out there for my stats like this that or the other thing like They're all just so encouraging of each other. And even in our in our goaltending too. the goaltenders, you know, when they talk about their games, like they talk about the whole team. They don't necessarily talk about their individual performance and like or they talk about if they had a, you know, a poor, good performance, how that benefited the whole the team as a whole. And I do think that that is very different from somewhat of the mentality of like granted i only got to see brandon play in his last season and a half so like but like i just think that that is a different mentality than what he was experiencing but my god is it entertaining every two and a half months when he pops up on social media and says some crazy shit because
1: he does right like he like literally goes ghost for like a decent period of time
0: well, and I just and always like, love that he ends everything with hashtag um, season ticket holder, hashtag, is it like fifth line or something like that? Well, he said, he
1: said new season ticket holder and new member of the fifth line. Or he says like, yeah, yeah something like that. Like,
0: because we should know he still lives us. in Columbus. Like he still lives, like he and his whole family still live in Columbus.
1: So... I just, it's so good to me. It warms my heart.
0: It is a good time.
1: But you know what else is a good time?
0: Three stars?
1: Yeah, and also trying to remember who the hell went last, because I'm back on my bullshit and not remembering who went last or first last time. I think it might have been me. Yeah, I think it's my turn. God, okay, so maybe we're not as bad at this as I think we are. And by we, I mean me.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely me. It's definitely my. We only did one episode last week. So. Um, so, yes, I actually thought really long and hard about this today. Um, because I wanted to I felt like I was like. If I'm expecting some of the other like fans to like look deeper into this team and the structure and what we're doing, like I wanted that for myself. Not that my third star is going to be new, but I will say that my third star is going to Elvis. He had two really, I mean, both of his starts in this three game series were just incredible. They were just the most Elvis of Elvis things. And, um, you know, I really think the more consistency, we've talked about it before, the more consistency that we give Elvis, the better Elvis is going to be. And, you know, he's just really shown that. And, you know, I just, he's just, he's, he's just the heartbeat of this team sometimes. And like, for me as the emotional one of the two of us, like that is just such a big part for me is this role that he's playing as, you know, the heart and soul of this team and, you know, how everyone sort of built off of that energy, but like those two games, I mean, there were just no, there's no doubt Elvis is an incredible, incredible goalie. And he just, he just showed all of that in those two games. Um, My second star is going to Jack Roselvick because, you know, Jack, it took a really long time for Jack to get his first goal this season and so ever since then there's been a different energy and there's been a different performance from that line that he's on and you know it's it is it's like it's like a monkey on their backs until they get it and you know we have seen it so much so this so far this season is once someone gets their first goal just how their game changes their attitude changes their he just seems lighter these last few games. And he's been just such a crucial part to the success that we had um, in our two wins. And so big shout out to hometown boy, Jack Rosovic. And then my first star is going to Adam Boquist because in, I mean, he had (laughs) three goals in two games Plus, he got two of his assists in over the course course of those three games. Like, and he's such an unsung. Like, I've been noticing there are some times on the ice that I think that, and I don't know if it's just because of how the plays are set up or whatnot, but like, it sometimes feels like he gets missed because people don't think to pass it to him. And he's had a couple different moments where he's tapped his stick on the ice and like crucial points to be like, hi, I'm over here, like, I can do all the things that, you know, and to have him have missed, I mean, he missed six games early on in this season, and so to have him come back, and come back just, like, with so much energy, like, he was such a crucial role, he played such a crucial role over these three games, and, like, I just think sometimes that gets, like, overshadowed, because, you know, he's new, he was out for, you know, such a big chunk of the first part of this season, but I, you know, I tweeted from our account, like, I absolutely love just seeing him, like, really start to, to light a fire, but I just wish we would have played better for him on Saturday night, because, I mean, two goals in one game is such an accomplishment, like, and, you know, I just, I can't wait to see um, how his game continues to grow, and, Hopefully that he starts really finding um, his place on this team. Cause oh my God, he was such a big player in these three games. So my number one star is Adam Boquist,
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you make a lot of really, really good points. Like, I think we're going to have some similarities as per usual. I feel like we're usually never like overly different. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give my third star to max. Like I think, you know, again, like going back to my original point of just how much I'm loving the energy and how much I'm loving the way he's playing right now, uh, you know, playing pissed off. Like it's something that I like really enjoy and it's something that I don't ever leave a game wondering whether or not Max Domi wants to be a Columbus Blue Jacket. Like I know that he does. Like I know that he's bought in and I know he's doing it. And I know that in the end, like that might bite him in the ass. Like he might not be a Blue Jacket after this season, just being a UFA and whatever, but But my God, is he fun to watch, like, when he is. And I hate that a couple of unfortunate injuries and COVID, like, took away some of the time that we have with him because I think he's really important to this team. And you can tell it, too, like, in the way that other players interact with him. Uh, You know, he has a goal, which is an empty net, sure. But, you know, an assist. He just, he's played well. Like, he's played well. And I can appreciate that. My two is going to be Adam Boquist. Uh, you know, again for similar reasons that you talk about, I just think that he's somebody who's who's getting really overlooked or, or overlooked, I should say. And uh, I think it was Mark Shy. I want to say it was Mark Shy. Shout out Mark, uh, who posted an article that was like the Blue Jackets like feel that his best is like far from from here. And then the next game, like he scores two goals and he's looking really good and that's kind of the player that Adam Boquist is kind of like advertised to be right. Like he's an offensive defenseman. It's the reason that like you might not see. And it's part of the reason I think you've seen like Zach and Jake being together. Most of the season is because you need somebody who's a little bit more defensively responsible of which I think Jake is a little bit more in this point of his career than like Adam Boquist is. And so you have those two split up and it's gone really well. Like I think, I think now that like Boquist is, is finding his legs and he he's got now he's you know recovered from an injury. I think the best is yet to come from him and I'm really excited to see if he can continue to do this, if he can continue to to net a few goals. He's also taken on an important role on the power play, uh, which I don't know if we've talked about it since our last show, but Cole Cylinder goes down to the second power play line and Adam Boquist is now on the first power play line which is interesting because now you've got two defensemen and three forwards on that line. But again, you've got two defensemen in Zach Wierenski and Adam Boquist who have a a piece of forward in them. Like they do, like they just do. And so Adam is going to get my number two. Uh, My number one, I cannot believe that he wasn't your number one, is Elvis Merzlikens. I'm like shocked a little bit. Like I like, when you said Elvis at three, it was kind of like when you're like waiting for like the school like talent show results and the bitch that, you, that was over here singing, rolling in the deep by Adele. Who you thought was really, really good. uh, his third. And everybody's like, Oh my God, wait, who are the next two going to be? Because I really had her pegged as number one. That was me with Elvis for you just now. Uh, because again, the shutout on Wednesday, you know, a great effort. Uh, then obviously like to play the way he played on Friday. And something that we have not talked about was his attempt at a goalie goal. And, obviously, it doesn't work out, um, you know, in, in the post game, He's like, you know, maybe we should, like, actually, like, run some drills that, like, allow me to, like, figure out how to, like, shoot the puck over people, like, hacksawing the puck out of the air because I really want that goalie goal. And I, listen, he's going to get it. it wh- Elvis, hold on. Elvis, when you get the goalie goal, when you get the goalie goal, I will take your Ellis Leagues logo and I'll get a tattoo of it. I'll get a tattoo of our wow. logo when you score your goalie goal. Mark my words. Sign, seal the. You delivered. heard it here
0: first, folks. When Elvis gets his goalie goal, wow! I'm doing it. He's I'm gonna it. get it though. I mean, yeah, you're not 100%. wrong.
1: 100%. 100% he was so I...
0: mad. He was so mad the other day. didn't go in. So mad.
1: So I'm looking He's forward one to of them the to day. part like
0: the Red Sea. <laughs>
1: Correct. I'm looking forward to the day but I have to call McKenzie and I have to be like, girl, I I need this tattoo and I can't, you can't ask why. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Elvis is really good. And I, again, what a shame it would be if I didn't talk a little bit about analytics. Um, Again, the best goaltender analytically so far this season is Sergei Bobrovsky. So again, just like my little shout out to him for playing well. But in terms of goalies who have started 10 or more games... Uh, elvis has started 12 you know he is currently seventh in goals saved uh above expected um per 60 minutes played so because he's played a few less games like he's not he's i think ninth overall in terms of the total number of goals saved above expected but if you average it he's seventh and you know he's a top 10 goalie in this league like nobody can tell me otherwise and i don't think he gets enough clout like i don't think he gets enough credit And I have to say, like, a lot of these players that are above him are players that I, like, quite frankly, like, they're really, really good. (laughs) Like, Jonathan Quick's had a really good season. He's above him. Carter Hart has had a resurgence this year. He's above him. But, like, you could make an argument, right, that, like, game in and game out. Like, Elvis Likens is even a top five goaltender in this league. And he's a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's pretty dope. And so he's my number one star. So...
0: And I will say that the only reason why he wasn't (laughs) my number one star is because I felt like you or someone was going to be like, she's such a homer. Like, she's such just like Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. And so I wanted to show that I have depth. You do. Appreciating the skills of some of our other players. But I do love Elvis with my whole heart.
1: You do certainly have depth. Don't let anybody Thank tell you. you otherwise. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, overall, two and one, not bad. Do you have any other thoughts on the action of the last three games?
0: No, I think that, you know, it's, again, the the best we, I mean, obviously it would have been great to take all six of those points. But, you know, we take four of the six, much like we did in the... You know, we continue, like, we're not, you know, multiple, twice now, we have won three games in a row, so, like, that is a really big thing for the Blue Jackets, like, that is something we did not do at all last year, or last season, I keep forgetting that last season was literally within the same year, but... um, But you know, so it's it's about finding those things like in these more difficult games that we remember we are still twelve and seven. That is, you know, an incredible feat in and of itself. Um, and we're not we're not getting into ruts, so like that's a really good thing as well. So, no, I think this, you know learning opportunities and two really brilliant. Performances um that made for a pretty decent hockey holiday experience.
1: And it's a hockey holiday experience tomorrow, Tuesday, the Blue Jackets play the Nashville Predators, the first matchup of the year of the team that we played eight times last year, which develops the beautiful love of our listeners for Steven. And so very excited to get his thoughts. Maybe we can convince him into hopping on. Maybe we can. I know.
0: I mean, we've we've tried the last couple of times, but maybe Stephen. Steven!
1: I if people don't listen to my favorite murder and they listen to our show, they have no idea what's going
0: on half of the time. And yeah, I okay don't think that. I terribly say our friend Stephen, our multiple friends named Stephen. Um, we do have we a do lot. Have we do have quite a few.
1: There are a lot of Stevens in our lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Blue Jackets we will go they'll play uh nashville everybody take a guess who's nashville's leading scorer
0: freaking matthew shane
1: freaking matthew shane yeah he's got 22 points 22 or 23 points on the year and i you know what i'm happy for him like i'm glad like he gets so much him and ryan johansson really and i think that's just so funny that like you know obviously there's the lineage with columbus so much shit so i'm really glad so they're getting it figured out. But there's one other thing that we need to figure out before the end of the show. Hmm. So I did that thing that I do and I made an impulse purchase. This is something he does frequently, FYI. <laughs> oh, almost almost like it's my day job. I make um I make poor purchases. So, I was perusing the good old eBay. I, you know, was like, you know, I don't have I have Blue Jackets memorabilia, but I don't have like things that are like historic really. Like I have a lot of um a lot of, you know, present day kind of things, a lot of players that, you know, have since left, but um, you know, were a part of the team recently. And so, I was like, surely it is my time to buy something nostalgic. And so, I did. I found this jersey on ebay it's a team signed jersey and it said i have no idea it's right here it's in this box i'm gonna cover up my address so i don't get doxxed uh (laughs) i have no idea what year this is but we're gonna do it and it's from a thrift store in this episode sponsored by saint vincent de paul thrift store in minneapolis minnesota um and I was like, let's do it. So we're going to do an unboxing on the show here, folks. I'm going to try not to stab the shit out of the jersey because this is like Fort Knox. But I bought this jersey for $75. And I spent a lot of time while I should have been working looking at the numbers on it, the names, and trying to figure out, okay, what year is this? What year is this? Because I'm recognizing some of the names, um, but I'm not recognizing all of them, so let's figure it out. So I went to the media guide, and I got that figured out. And this is a jersey from the 2001- 2002 season. Blue jackets were very bad during that season, but (laughs) the nice part is that at least there are some original blue jackets on this jersey, so I'm very excited about it. This could end up being the worst thing I've ever bought. Like, what if I open this and it's just absolutely, like, terrible?
0: It's not. All right. We've got to open.
1: Dear... Aw, this is nice. Dear buyer, <laughs> thank you for your purchase. We look forward to doing business with you again on eBay. Could you imagine?
0: I mean... Like, if I just, like,
1: start buying from this place on eBay, just, like, all the things they get... Oh, it's wrapped well. That's my first review. Oh, this is fun. I'm loving this. Here she is. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, Stinger. Oh, this is fucking sick. This is so good.
0: Look at this. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's so good. I have so
1: much joy in my heart right now. This is good. I thought they were gonna be like torn up, but one of my favorite blue jackets because he was a blue jacket like right around the time that I really started watching hockey. David Waborney is on here. Um, who else was some of the members of that uh really bad last place in the Western Conference team uh, <laughs> of that season? It was so Ray Whitney, Mike Cylinder. Does that sound familiar to anybody?
0: Cole's daddy. Yeah, Cole's dad's on
1: here. Tyler Wright, Jeff Sanderson, Rusty Klesla, Lyle Odeline, Kevin Denineen, Jean-Luc Grandpierre, Jody Shelley. Uh a lot of, a lot of really cool names on this jersey. I like, this is the whole freaking team. This is the whole damn wow. All right. Well, that was worth it. That's so awesome. Well, thank you all for appeasing me and my little unboxing. And do you know how else you appease us? How? By following us on social media, girl.
0: Oh, but wait, I still had one more thing to say.
1: No, 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 social media time. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, I just wanted to slash breaking news from one of our friends. uh, Matt, over at 614 Hockey, just dropped... A uh is it wind dip? Hold on. Now I have to look. Shut up. There's a fun dip shirt. Yes. So our good friend Matt over at 614 Hockey just released a new design um for all of our fun dip squad members. Um, it is a one dip shirt. That is so good. And it's super cute. Um, so if you are interested and want to go support not only the Dip Squad, but obviously Matt and 614 Hockey, who do so much for the hockey community here in Columbus, um, it is $28. Um, so go on over and order yours from 614hockey.com. But, yeah, that was sort of like he just announced it while we were recording, and I've been waiting this whole time to say it. So when you tried to get me to do the social media, I was like, no. Um, do I want a long sleeve or a short sleeve? Um, long sleeve, because you don't have any long sleeves of your own. All of your long sleeves are mine, or I bought them for you. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: But anyway, while Jeremy is looking to do another impulse buy, um, you can follow us on social media. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. We are on Facebook at SubjectivelySpeaking. We love to interact with all of you, so please, you know, like, comment, retweet, however you want to go about it. Um, if you want, you can check out our really beautiful website that Jeremy created at SubjectivelySpeaking.com. And then... If you want to support your two favorite podcasters, especially this holiday season, um, get yourself and the ones that you love some really great merchandise. You can visit our merch store at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We have a lot of really cute designs. Um, we will hopefully be posting some new ones here soon after Threadless, so rudely reminded me today that we needed to put up new stuff. Um <laughs> you can go there and check out all of our items, lots of cold weather gear too for you to wear as winter is fast approaching and it's also very cold in the arena. And lastly, you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Again, we don't know why it matters, but if you're listening on Apple podcasts, scroll on down, give us one of those five-star reviews. It helps us rise within the ranks of hockey podcasts and helps us to grow our little hockey community so we just appreciate all the love and support and hopefully you saw our um little thanksgiving video we are just so incredibly thankful for all of you for listening for supporting um and for being with us along the way of the almost 11 months of doing subjectively speaking
1: wow we've been doing this for a minute but i just purchased my one dip shirt (laughs) So I'm efficient. You can't say I'm not efficient. What's up, Matt? Um, But until we get the chance to talk to y'all about the Nashville game, hope y'all stay well and take care of yourselves, and we will see you very soon.
0: Bye.